Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings in the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm PJ Doran. Today, Dave and I are going to be talking to off-road racer extraordinaire and good friend of mine, Tony Wink. We look forward to that. Pit Pass Moto, of course, is sponsored by Moto America, the home of America's premier road racing series. Incredibly fast bikes, incredibly fast racers. You got to get out to a race, watch one live, catch all the action from Moto America in so many different ways. They have uh, what's called Moto America Live Plus, the app that I so, so enjoy. You get all the action all day long. You can watch qualifying practice, everything. There's all kinds of update shows on numerous channels, and you can find out exactly where you can get the latest from Moto America at MotoAmerica.com. I encourage you to get out there. If you can't get to a live race, get to their website. It's going to tell you everything you need to know about all the racing action. We've got a heck of a season happening, COVID or no COVID, it's happening. Now here's the latest in industry news. This past weekend, we had the second round of MotoGP from the Red Bull ring in Austria. They called it the Styria. The weekend's results, of course, were Miguel Oliveira for KTM on top of the box with Jack Miller on his Ducati coming in second and Paul Espargaro on another KTM rounding out the podium. They battled all the way to the line. Oliveira, trickster that he is. It was a three-way battle into the last corner. Miller and Espargaro pushed each other wide. Miguel Oliveira sees the door open, takes it, and runs to the line. An incredible race and quite a bit of uh, racecraft. That leaves the standings in MotoGP currently with Fabio Cordararo in first position, sitting on 70 points. Andrea Dovizioso sitting in second on 67. And Jack Miller with his result this weekend, now 56 in third place. We also had, from Indianapolis... The Indy Mile. They ran two nights, Friday and Saturday. Briar Bauman does the double, and Friday night, by winning Friday night's mile race, completed a career Grand Slam. Congrats to Briar Bauman. Friday night, slamming Sammy Halbert, friend of the show, came in second with Jared Meese in third. Saturday, Briar Bauman, of course, again, as I said, did the double. Jared Meese in second, and Brian Smith on the Harley Davidson coming in third. It was an incredible race weekend for the flat track fans. We also had the second round from Loretta Lynn's of the motocross outdoor season. 
And the results from 450 round one, Barsha over Tickle and Cian Cerullo rounding it out. And then in race two, it was Osborne, Moosecan, and Max Anstey. So the overall went Zach Osborne, Adam Cianciarulu, and Marvin Moosecan. The points on the season now remain Osborne sitting on 88 in the lead. Moosecan 69 in second with Barsha 59 after his strong performance. He's in third place in the 250 class. The overall went Jeremy Martin, who did a 3-2. Third place in uh, Moto One, second place in Moto Two for the overall win. Dylan Ferrandez did a 2 4 finish, so he took second overall. And Alex Martin, seventh place in uh, Moto One, but he won Moto Two, so he took third overall. It was quite a weekend. That was it from Loretta's. We look forward to the next venue on their calendar. Pit Pass Moto is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, and I can attest their Lawnmower 3.0 is amazing. The headlight has been fantastic. I haven't gotten lost once in the process. You will enjoy it. What do you think, Dave? I think the water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. Take care of all the hair everywhere, guys. Cultivate what grows wild on your body. It's been an eye-opener, if you will, and I just recommend that you trim that junk of yours. Absolutely. Your partner will thank you. And here's an important point. They are partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society. So, boys... You should be checking your boys at least once a month. (laughs) Your balls will thank you and get 20% off and free shipping with the code PITPASS at manscaped.com. That's 20%, not a small amount, 20% off and free shipping with the code PITPASS at manscaped.com. This week's Pit Pass trivia question is, with the rear wheel driven by a belt, the Model H was fitted with what engine? We'll be back with that answer after we talk to Tony. Welcome back to Pit Pass, one of the creators of this very show and also the 2017 Baja 500 winner, one, Tony Wink. Welcome back to the show, Tony. Thanks for joining us. Hi, guys. How are you? Doing good, man. What have you been up to? Uh, sadly, it sounds like you've had uh, some re-injury or you've re-injured your back a little bit. Sorry to hear that. Hope you're on the mend. Yeah, I mean, it's stupid. I was, you know, going back 10 years, I've been dealing with, with a herniated disc. I know exactly where I did it when I everything. It finally came to a head. I was down in Baja pre-running for the thousand last fall and hit a coyote at pretty good speed. Just kind of exaggerated what I had going on to the point where I did physical therapy and then ended up having surgery. And then everything was all good. And then my friend, Justin Brayton, calls me and he's like, hey man, it's contract time. We need to, I need to make myself relevant. You know, there's no outdoors going, but he doesn't do outdoors. 
but he's like, I need to get my name out there and do something with my brand, you know, and I, and he's back in Iowa. He bought a house back here to hang out for a couple months with us every summer. And so, which has been fun, but, uh, July is my flip flop month, you know, like after, after, you know, I saw fireworks. So after that's over, I ain't running that racetrack. I don't even want to mow it. (laughs) (laughs) We ended up running this uh, Justin Brayton ride day. And in the summertime, the reason I don't run it is because there's a lot going on and it takes a ton of prep. And so two weeks I worked on the track and got a really good watering track and watering systems, really everything real. I mean, the place is sweet now, you know, it really is. It's like, there's nothing there that I, I wish I had different for the most part. I mean, you always want to change stuff, but it's a really good setup, but it took literally a quarter million gallons of water on the track. That's, that's insane. I have a 4,000 gallon water truck. I ran it for four days, you know, the valve to close the water. We have this giant tank that's elevated and it, and it discharges just gravity feeds and it's violent. Like it'd cut your cut you in half. If you use under it, it's that much pressure. So 12 inch pipe that comes down, but the valve on that takes a man. It takes a real dude to close this thing. And I'm not, and it's overhead. And I freaking close that thing. I did it 58 times. I did 58 loads. I counted them. I didn't know I could count that high. <laughs> I freaking hurt my back. And the next day I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, Hey, I can't. Justin's like, you going to ride? No, I've ruined my back for you. <laughs> so it was a good turnout or whatever, you know, but who cares? It was like, I spent like a week in bed, you know, I'm bound and determined to get it fixed, but truthfully, it's been pretty good. I was doing a little physical therapy this morning and, I spent about an hour a day stretching and that's the biggest thing. You just got to sucks getting old. It sucks getting old, you know? It absolutely does. And I start every day the same way or I don't walk right. There's two choices, start stretching or don't walk right. You know, and I've never enjoyed riding more. Honestly, it's kind of bizarre. I've, I've got, you know, I'm, you know, I'm always getting bikes and stuff and I got motorcycles that I'm really excited to ride that I even haven't even ridden yet. Yeah, I did go to Sturgis. That was a blast. We rode Harley. I wore everybody out because everybody was drinking but me. So, and I still go out with everybody, but they all felt like crap in the morning. My buddy Jason Thomas came. He flew in. You know, the not the fly rep, the uh, the guy from UK, the, the guy from Wales. Your but, teammate on the Baja winning team. Yes, he came. I bought a new uh, TPI, 300 TPI KTM. And he rode that. He said it's awesome. I didn't ride it. But yeah, so we rode dirt bikes in the morning first thing. And then we rode harley's in the afternoon and evening so i was also the only one that wore a helmet well you were probably the only guy trying wheelies on a full-size harley as well (laughs) my bagger won't do it i've tried believe me i've done everything in my power to uh pop a wheelie with that stupid thing and it just won't what gear do you have to be in to pull a double jump on a bagger that's what i want to (laughs) know third gear tapped i don't know have you heard the story about the gold wing Oh yeah, and it's one of my favorites. Your dad's Goldwing. It's it's important to note your dad's Goldwing, right? Yeah, I was like 16, and I and I'm like, I know I can just clear the driveway at the shop perfectly. I, I mean, I just I know it. And my dad's like, you're gonna crash and get hurt. I'm like, no, no, no. It's like you got to wear your wear all your gear, and you're a moron, and I hope you don't die. I'm like, all right, all right. So I jumped that thing. That freaking thing jumps like a bathtub. And it was probably, I don't know, maybe 30 feet, you know, not big. 
but it had a real incline and a real downside. And I freaking rode the front wheel on that Goldwing all the way down into the flat before it finally swapped violently and pitched me off and totaled the motorcycle. Right. And my dad's standing there with some other guy. He's selling a car. So he's like some customer and the guy, they're like, wow. (laughs) And I jump up and I'm freaked out, you know, and I'm like, help me lift it. And my dad goes, no. And he turned around and walked away. And that was like the only conversation we ever had about that gold one, but it was completely totaled. I mean, like the fairing, throw it away. I wish we'd have had a video of it. Yeah. It was throw away, throw away the motorcycle. I really don't think that's uh, Honda's target customer's use of the vehicle. No, but it it would have been a killer video. I'm with you, Tony. <laughs> All this stuff that we did when we were young and didn't know better. Like, oh, it'd be if I'm going to offer this Goldwing for complete and utter garbage, I should probably take a and maybe just a picture at least. I had convinced myself I could do it, and that bike would wheelie actually. Yeah, they've got enough motor. It'll wheelie, and I had my buddy like he'd like throw himself backwards. He would be riding on the back, and we could ride that thing all the way through town on a wheelie. My dad had uh, air-cooled BMWs all through the 70s and 80s, so my high school years, and they always had wind jammers and stereos on them, the BMW equivalent of a Goldwing, and I'd do the same thing, get a buddy on the back, and then if he'd lean back, we could wheelie it real nice with the tunes on, and I kept blowing uh, the fairing mounts out of it. And he kept, every couple months, he'd say, that, God dang it, the fairing mounts are broken again. And we'd have to get, we'd have to weld them up. And I'd be like, that's weird. Must be vibration killing them. I can't explain that. Because he'd had like five, five identical bikes before that of various sizes, 800s, eight or 900s. He always had the wind jammer. And he never encountered this problem until I hit 16. And then all of a sudden, fairing mounts were breaking. He never figured it out. That's like the guy I worked with that had a certain American-made V-twin. We used to put a little puddle of oil underneath every morning. <laughs> oh, just, that's awesome. Just to drive him nuts. I don't, I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> that's awesome. So how's the you, – you wrapped up your racing season, or is it about to kick off again, Tony, out at your Riverside Raceway? We had a pretty good season, actually, already. We had the, the just to break. Everything was shut down. So COVID's actually been, if it doesn't kill me, it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. Because we had the Justin Brayton shootout. We had 1,834 entries with practice on Friday. So that was like, we killed it. You know, it was really good. Ran that event. And then I went off without a hitch. I mean, it was, that's a ton of freaking people. I mean, it was packed. I don't think I've been to a race that big ever except for like nationals you know amateur nationals and stuff we were smoked i was laying in bed the next day after the whole thing was over with like oh my god i could finally lay down and we'd been shut down because of covid up until that and i had worked out a plan with the sheriff and the local emergency management people and stuff so we were dialed like we could do it well word got out that we had this thing we pulled it off and loretta's was struggling to get qualifiers done right so they called me the, that day and he's like, Hey, uh, we want you to run a super regional, which they got rid of the area qualifiers and they ran the regionals, which is huge. It was huge. It wasn't near as big as the Justin Brayton race, but it was, it was awesome. And, uh, so we ran that one. My intention was to be done after that. Cause that was like right into fireworks season. We were running fireworks, you know, I sell fireworks. So, and fireworks has never been better. I mean, it's just insane good. So coming off a real good season, 
So that's it for now. We've got an event. Uh, we've got a GP series that we're running. Starts in October. It's a three-race series. We kind of invented it. We've got a couple other tracks involved. We lost one of the tracks. They lost their lead. So it's going to be a three-tracks, three-round series. But it's going to be sweet. There's going to be two-moto format, live-engine start, 35 to 45-minute motos, depending on the class. And we're going to use motocross. We're going to have endurocross type stuff. We're going to have no single track but woods. So if you're a guy that's like, hey, I want to I wanna go do an off-road race, but I don't want to drag my new motocross bike through foot of water, which my events are famous for. More than one foot. It's usually three feet, I thought, was kind of the minimum depth that you ran with. One foot is the line that you want to take. The three foot is the bummer that you screwed up and thought it was a passing line. It wasn't. It's the one I always hit, in other words. Got it. Dude, I saw a guy on video from our hair scramble last fall. He literally rode out of sight underneath the water, gone. All you can see is the top of his helmet. And I'm like, that looks like our race. And I, go, I rewind and it was. Oh, my I'm gosh. Like, oh, crap. I didn't even know about that. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I recall seeing a video of Tony crossing the water, though. I think you have to just get up enough speed. <laughs> well, that's a different deal. We did that. <laughs> we did a Hydro MX with Red Bull years ago. And basically, you just gear your bike to go super fast, and you put a paddle tire on it and pin it. And just skim across the top. Yeah, you just skim across like a snowmobile can, you know? We were going 100 yards, a little longer. It was big crossings. I mean, they were very unnerving the first time. I got there and my dad was there and I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. And my dad's like, I stayed in a hotel last night to watch this. You're doing it. And I'm like 28 years old or something, you know, and he's telling me this and I'm like, okay, here we go. So yeah, it was fun. Water skimming is still just crazy dangerous, man. I see the Nitro Circus guys, Pastrana and his guys doing just ludicrous water crossings like at resorts onto a ramp onto a ramp they're doing weird like yeah. death defying yeah. you shouldn't be able to do that without really getting hurt that's the first clue if they're doing it you shouldn't be doing it <laughs> speaking of water loretta's the national was a complete look like a race that i put on they had to scrape more mud off than pretty much down to subsoil down to the rocks but they pulled it off but what are your guys' thoughts on that what do you think about that dave I didn't go. I qualified for Loretta's this year. I did it last year and had a good time with it. But the reason I opted to not is they said they were requiring masks. And I know somebody on the other, uh, somebody, one of you guys is rolling your eyes at me right now, but I didn't want to wear a freaking mask in 105 degree heat. So I just said, I'm going to pass. I went to Sturgis instead. But, you know, going to Loretta's, I've been doing it since I was a kid. And working for Wiseco, you know, in ProX, I still go every year. But I just called them and I said, you guys ain't got enough money in your piggy bank just for me to sit in the freaking heat and humidity wearing a mask for 10 days. I'm not doing it. But it's still, I, it still bummed me out because I, uh, you know, going to Loretta's, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty special place. So my question for you, Dave, is now that it's, They've had an outdoor national there because of this COVIDness. And now they're having two outdoor nationals because Washougal got canceled. What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts for, I mean, they're promoters. They, 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 they're at the end of the day, they want to make money and I'm all for it. And I have no problems 
it's their event. So who am I to say that they did it any injustice or anything? However, there's a lot of people that are wound up about it. Yeah. And I guess in one sense, one thing made sense to me when I thought about it. A lot of the riders that graduate from that event are going to go to the first pro national right after. Used to be... Used to be Millville. Yeah. It's not anymore, but yeah. A few of those riders debuted right out of Loretta's and and uh, they were already right there. So it kind of makes sense in that that regard. It's a homecoming for a lot of racers, but I thought it was interesting that in the 250 class, the one guy who'd never rode there made it look like he just disappeared Ricky Carmichael style on the 250 class, and that's Dylan. Right. I could see the the logistic sense of keeping it there for one more week since Washugo was canceled. I get that, but um, I'm one of those guys. I'm such a fan of the outdoors. I'm just happy to see guys on the track. I don't care where it is. <laughs> so, so you're saying to me, you're you're cool that you don't you don't see the fact that uh, disregard that the pros graduated there and they've come back and disregard the fact that they've that Randy Poulter and his crew and and, the, and all them guys they they completely supposedly revamped the track. It didn't look that different. I'm so not interested. They changed a few jumps. That was about it. I mean, that's a little track for a pro. I tell you what, though, I'm I run that flat track race over in Davenport, Iowa, uh, over in the Quad Cities, and it's this has been third year number thirty two, three, something like that. John, I should know. I have the T-shirt from last year, but John Parham started that with JP Cycles, and then he sold it to Matt George, and then Matt George sold it to me a few years back, and um, they canceled the swap meet. I had half a notion to just run. You know, all my fans come from the swap meet. It's one of the biggest swap meets in the country, antique motorcycle swap meet. It's a big deal. Like, like, uh, people come from Japan, Australia, and it's super cool. Like you see, see a Japanese guy walking around. He's from Japan, you know, like it's, and he came here because of the swap meet because it's famous. And them guys from American Pickers or whatever it is, you know, that TV show, they, they go to it because it's kind of, we've had them on the show before, but they're, they're locals and whatever. And there was a couple people on the board that decided they didn't want to have the event. And so they were going to go ahead and have the event anyway, and just tell those people they could just, you know, just not participate. And we can, but then they threw a fit and they ended up went back and forth, but ultimately they ended up canceling the event. So I'm like, what do I do? Cause I've got my phones ringing off the hook and coming off of 1800 turnout and motocross. I've never had this much interest in my flat track race. So I'm like, you know, you got a back gate promotion, you got a front gate promotion. Davenport, my flat track race is definitely a front gate promotion, meaning, you know, my motocross track, there's no real fans that come to a local motocross. It's it's the participants and their close family and friends or whatever. You don't just get people to just, because there's 30 classes and motocross, local motocross sucks to watch, right? I don't even like watching the pros that much. But this flat track thing is exciting. It's a half mile and it gets a lot of fans and uh, they're not going to be there. And so I was thinking like, man, maybe I could pull this thing off. And then I thought with Illinois being shut down, I thought Springfield's going to cancel. Maybe I could run that guy. And it's a, it's a competing weekend for me, Springfield mild. And they've, they've made that a doubleheader. So I'm like, gosh, if they cancel, I'll get all, I'll call Henry Wiles and I'll call Slam and Sammy and I'll call all them guys and be like, Hey, you know, cause I know them all from the show. So I'm like, and I even rode with Henry and, and Baja last year when I got hurt. So I knew I could get them guys if they weren't racing. Turns out I think Springfield's going to run. So I ended up canceling that race, which I'm super bummed because I think that would have been a home run. And I think it would have gotten people that haven't ever been there. They just went because Springfield was shut down. 
I still would have ran it. If the swap meet was running, I still would have had Davenport and it'd have been awesome. It's not happening. I'm, you're going to have a big comeback next year, Tony, is what I'm hearing on that race. If I hear what you're saying, though, Tony, I think the challenge for guys like us that are huge fans of the sport in every way, for someone like yourself, balance that against it's a business, too. Your question about MX Sports kind of fits in that same realm as far as, you know, you're an enthusiast, you love it, and you want to love it, you want it to love you back, but, you know, it is a business at the end of the day, too, and how do you keep it, you know, going in that, that regard? And on that note, we're running a business. Tony, sadly, we are up against our clock, man. I love talking to you. We love talking to you. We could talk all day. That's what we do. I want to say thanks for coming on with us, though, man, especially on short notice. No worries. It, uh, if I don't die on my uh, Baja excursion here in a few weeks, maybe we can do it again. Hopefully your back holds up for you, man. We want to hear more about your Baja excursions and any potential races that you uh, – are going to do on the on the peninsula if that's going to happen again sounds great we'll talk to you next time tony thanks thanks boy thank you tony week and our pit pass trivia question answer is with first of all the question was with the rear wheel driven by a belt the model h was fitted with what engine the answer is a 499cc, or 30.5 cubic inch, engine, air-cooled, four-stroke, single-cylinder engine. That's all the deets. Four-stroke singles, of course, still very popular in all forms of motorcycles. It's all you'll see on a motocross track. They're no longer air-cooled. They're liquid-cooled, but that engine type remains a huge part of motorcycling, and it's what every single new rider typically learns on at some form of rider training school so some things never change in upcoming motorcycle racing news we have world superbike returning to action this weekend at the circuit aragon that would be in Spain. We also have this weekend Moto America live at the Ridge. Get out to that race if you can. That's the Upper West Coast. You really want to see this action live. That season is heating up in there. There's some real battles in every one of their classes. I encourage you to get out there. And if you, for some reason you can't, check out Moto America Live Plus or MotoAmerica.com. They'll show you the action. MotoGP's got a bit of a break, not quite a month. Their next race will be in Misano on both September 13th and September 20th. Much like other rounds, they're doing two at the location to save on travel time, catch up some races, and fill out the season. So we look forward to reporting to you the results from all of that as it happens. We look forward to giving you the results, and hopefully Maverick Vinales comes back strong and we get to see him in action yet again. Thank you again to Tony for joining us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app where you'll get alerts when new episodes are uploaded. And if you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and, of course, pitpassmoto.com, where you can check out our all-new blog. 
This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, Chris Bishop, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm PJ, and we'll see you next week. Keep the sunny side up. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.